to another episode of Truth Serum. Now, in most parts of Nigeria, there's a gradual easing of the lockdown starting today. Now, remember, it is important that we continue to social distance and also observe personal hygiene rules. Wear your face mask when you go out and please, please, please do not go out except you absolutely must. Last week, we discussed six thinking styles or thinking errors. Number one, fortune telling. Number two, entitlement. Number three, mental filtering. And number four, demand thinking. Number five was mind reading. And six, all or nothing thinking. I gave you seven tips of ways we can start breaking out of this limiting thinking styles. And I recommended that we should all use these tips. Now, for any of you out there who has not listened to the podcast, please do that so that you can catch up with us. Now, I did the assignment as well. In other words, I used the seven tips myself. And you know what? It was very interesting. So I'm going to give you my feedback. I'm going to tell you my story of how I used the seven tips. So I have this person in my life. Let's call her Mary. That's not her real name, of course. Now, Mary makes a lot of demand on my time. If I don't have time to listen to her problems or counsel her, she gets very upset. I mean, like, she really takes it personally. However, I also notice that when I ask her opinion about something that requires her to take out time to read it or listen to it on her own and then give me feedback, she never does. It happened twice. Third time was this week. And again, she did not listen to the stuff I sent her. And when I asked her, she tried to pretend her way through it and was just making a mess of the conversation because, yeah, she was lying. You know, I found I was pained. Like we say back in Nigeria, the thing pained me. I was really hurt. Mary is not a casual acquaintance, by the way. So I decided I needed to have a talk with her because this mattered to me. And as I thought about it, I suddenly remembered the seven tips that I gave out. And I decided to walk myself through them. So I practiced some self-awareness. You know, I asked myself, why was I really feeling this way? Was there some demand thinking going on? You know, maybe some entitlement thinking. You know, like for example, feeling that she maybe was supposed to reciprocate what I did for her. I definitely noticed some fortune telling and mind reading. Why? Because I kept thinking she did not care or have any regard for my work. If not, why didn't she listen? You know, that was what I was thinking to myself. Finally, I also noticed some all or nothing thinking because I started thinking to myself again that if this is how Mary prefers to behave, then I too will not be available to her. You know what? By the time I finished, I was a lot calmer. I mean that the seven tips and the six thinking errors helped me to suddenly have a better understanding, a better grasp on the situation. It was like having a lot more information to work with. I did have the talk with her, mainly because the issue did matter to me, so it wasn't something that I was going to overlook. However, the person also mattered to me. Now, the conversation went very well. That's really what I'm trying to say. The conversation went well mainly because I had been able to process it in a different way. So I didn't jump into it, you know, with the way I initially wanted to. So I did not accuse her 
I kept my eyes on the ball, which meant that what I wanted to, my objective here was to discuss this issue with her. I didn't want to accuse her. I didn't want to tell her off. That wasn't what I, I wanted to do. Even though if I had not processed this whole thing the way I did, I probably would have ended up accusing her first, you know, and telling her off. I noticed how I was able to manage my reactions and my responses during the conversation, even when she got defensive. Now, I know that the words I used helped, and honestly, it was because I used the seven tips. Guys, change does not happen until we commit to it. We can make life a lot better for ourselves by choosing to have less drama and more positive results. However, we just need to be more purposeful about breaking limiting errors and patterns. So, that is my story. What is yours? On this episode of Truth Serum, we will be discussing the six thinking errors that make up our pack of 12 thinking errors. Last week we discussed six, and this week we will discuss another six. So the first thinking error we have on our list is emotional reasoning. Yes, emotional reasoning. Now, anybody who has this kind of reasoning style automatically assumes that because they feel bad, then it means that the situation must be negative. The situation must be bad. I'll give you three examples. In the emotional reasoning style, you exchange your feelings or emotions for facts. Newsflash, they're not facts. So, for example, you say something like, I'm really scared to get on a plane, so therefore it must mean it's very dangerous to fly. In fact, it is very dangerous to fly just because I'm too scared to get on a plane. Or, I feel suspicious and jealous and I trust my intuition. So that must mean that there is something wrong or there's something that I should be suspicious of. I feel like a loser, therefore I am worthless. Honestly, your feelings are not facts. They're just that, feelings. That's all that they are. Imagine how stressed, unhappy and anxious people with this thinking style will be because their emotions will be taking them all over the place. The next thinking error or thinking style is overgeneralization. Overgeneralization. So, one or two negative events something that's happened to you or maybe something that you heard has happened to somebody and you just use it to generalize and it becomes the way things are as far as you are concerned so all tall people behave like that women are like that men are like that i know something must go wrong when it gets to my turn it always happens like this you know when you overgeneralize and then you make that talk become your self-talk. It's very difficult for one to go far in life with this kind of thinking style. So I would recommend that you take a look at this and do something about it. Our third thinking error today is the personalization and blame. Personalization and blame. Now, this happens when you hold yourself responsible for something that is not entirely under your control. For example, a father receives a report card 
for his son and it's critical of his progress. In other words, the child isn't doing very well. And he immediately turns it upon himself and says, this shows what a bad father I have been. That's personalization. People may also blame other people for their problems. For example, I have a horrible life because I have no support. Or I have a horrible life because my father did not do well or did not leave anything behind for us. Again, this kind of thinking would make it very difficult to move forward. And people who have this thinking style usually find it very difficult to make good use of opportunities or to even seek out those opportunities in the first place. Labeling is our fourth thinking error. Labeling. Now, this is an extreme form of all or nothing thinking. If you remember, we talked about all or nothing thinking last week. Now, labeling is an extreme form of that. Instead of saying, I made a mistake, you say something like, I'm a loser. Wow. You say, I'm a loser. Now, you'll agree with me that I'm a loser is quite deep, right? You may label yourself a fool, a failure, a hopeless. We have all been to the supermarket at one point or the other to buy things. Remember how you pick something up and you look at it and you're reading the label to see what it says about that item. Just that in this case that we're talking about, you are the product. And the label, hopeless, you know, fool, failure, is the label that is attached to you. Now, we may also apply labels to other people, which unfairly generalizes about them in a rather derogatory manner. For example, my boss is an idiot. My wife is just so dull. That person is just so nasty. Labels are abstractions, and they make us feel bad about ourselves and others. Labels will also stop us from seeing another perspective except the negative one. So it is best to do away with labels. Our fifth thinking error is the awfulizing or catastrophe thinking. Awfulizing or catastrophe thinking. This is when we make our situations to be much worse than they actually are. We envision the absolute worst case scenario. For example, I'm going to totally mess up at this presentation. Oh, I'll make a fool of myself. Everybody will be laughing at me. I can't even bear it. Or, I have this pain in my tummy. It feels like, like the symptom of cancer. What if it is cancer and I have to have chemo? And my friends are not helping out. And everybody is just running all over the place. But they cannot get help for me. Honestly, you can imagine how somebody who has this kind of thinking style would be feeling. They will be anxious. They will be worried every time. You know, what kind of life would that be? Our sixth and final thinking error for today is discounting the positive. Discounting the positive. In this kind of thinking style, you reject positive experiences by insisting that they don't count. For example, if you are congratulated on your presentation, you may insist that anyone could have done that. Or you are one of those people that no matter what you do, you keep telling yourself that I could have done better than that. I could have done better. You know, you never celebrate yourself. Or you may think that people don't like you and then you dismiss those who say that they do. And you say they're just being nice. Oh, they're just being nice. They don't really mean that. 
Now, discounting the positive takes the joy out of life completely, I promise you, and it makes you feel inadequate and unrewarded. There are three major reasons why we need to be concerned about our thinking errors and do something about them. Now, the first one is that you might find that you just keep upsetting yourself needlessly. And like we said last week, if you do this often enough, it will take a toll on your mental health, your physical health, and your relationships as well. Another reason is that you will find yourself engaging in self-sabotaging behavior just due to your thinking style. You will engage in all sorts of self-sabotaging behavior. It could be getting into fights. It could be choosing not to go after your dream, not to pursue an opportunity, right? So self-sabotaging behavior. Now, ignorance is definitely not bliss. And it's very important that you should make an effort to know why it is that you do the things you do. You know, what sort of thinking informs the um, decisions that you take or informs the actions that you take. This is very, very important. The third reason is that you deserve to be happy. Honestly, you deserve to be happy. And just by being aware of our thinking styles and doing something about the errors in our thinking, we can all improve the quality of our lives tremendously. And I think that's worth it, don't you? Last week, I gave you seven tips for identifying and managing thinking errors or negative thinking styles. I'm repeating them today. One is self-awareness. So, the first thing that we need to do is to become self-aware. Just like we discussed last week, it's very important for you to, be, to even be aware that the thinking error exists. Now, the only way that that is going to happen is if you start noticing, if you make a conscious effort to start noticing what your thinking style is like. That is so important. Number two is to challenge your thoughts or error thinking. Now, when you find yourself thinking a certain way, like maybe it's demand thinking, for example, challenge it. Ask yourself, why am I thinking like this? Is there another way of looking at this matter? What else could be going on here? If you're thinking, if, if you're thinking to yourself that somebody must or should do something, then ask yourself, why am I saying they should or they must do something? It is important to get feedback because sometimes we don't really know how we come across. It's the people who are living with us or who um, are in a relationship with us who will know and as such who will be able to tell us that this is what is going on. So it's important to be able to get that feedback and to be willing to listen to it. Because when people say that this is how you come across, by asking more questions, it just helps you be able to change um, those errors. Now, the next thing is to find out how this thinking style has been serving you to date. How has it been serving you? How does it make you feel? How well is it serving you? Because if you know, the same pain is a very good um, game changer. In other words, pain can make us choose to do something differently. So how has your thinking style been serving you? Now, the next thing is to avoid being judgmental. Avoid being judgmental. Why? Because it only serves to keep your thinking errors in place. 
If you are trying to change the thinking error, one thing you need to avoid definitely is being judgmental. Remember that everybody is on their own journey and it may be different from yours. So you just have to give them their own space too. Now, we can also practice gratitude. This is so important, practicing gratitude. Finding things that you can be grateful about, things that you can be grateful about in the other person, things that you can be grateful about in something that has happened, things that you can be grateful about in your workplace, in your relationship, you know, things that you can be grateful about even for your own, for yourself as well. So practice gratitude. In order to make this easier to do, you can actually keep a gratitude journal. That's get a nice notebook where you write this down every day. And after a while, it becomes second nature and you probably don't need the notebook anymore. But for now, you can get a notebook and just practice gratitude. There's something about practicing gratitude is so powerful because it just influences the way we look at life, right? And it crowds out the negative thoughts, you know? So it's very, very powerful. Now, the final one is to make a list of your strengths and what is good about you and then focus on them. The more you're able to accept yourself, the more you're likely to accept other people. And of course, remember the saying that you cannot give what you don't have. So at least be able to have that self-acceptance so that it helps you become more tolerant of others, more accepting of other people and their mistakes as well. Now it's time for our assignment for the week. Again this week, we are going to be looking at our thinking styles and thinking errors. We will use the seven tips and see how they can help us to identify and manage our thinking errors. That's what we're doing this week. So thank you very much for joining me on the show. My appreciation goes to Veronica Walsh for allowing the adaptation of this material. More details of the original content can be found on the slides. The voice used here is by Studio Lovo. Next week, we are going to be exploring suicide and I will be talking to somebody who almost committed suicide. I look forward to having you on the show again. Have a great week and do stay safe. Thanks for joining us this week on Truth Serum. Make sure you subscribe. The slides for today's show are available now. To download them, click on links. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or Podchaser. To share this episode, just click on share. You can book a virtual speaking engagement for your team on WhatsApp, Skype, Telegram, or Zoom. One-on-one -on -one coaching group counseling sessions and counseling clinics are also available. Call 0803307 I repeat, 0803307 Watch out for three other podcasts by your host. All coming out soon. Baby girl. Mental health is a workplace asset. And when couples collide. See you next week. Same time. Monday, 7 a.m. Until then. Do stay safe. And have a beautiful week.